read the verse at the beginning. We haven't done that in a while. Samuel 17, 1 to 3, we'll read. Um, I think we'll be mostly in there the rest of the time. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 1 to 3, it's a little known story in the Bible. But now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shogah, which belongeth to Judah and pitched between Shogah and Azekah in another place. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them. Let's uh, talk about the battle in a valley, in the valley. Not this valley, a different valley. Let's pray together. Uh, one more time. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your word this morning. I pray that you would help us um, and anoint uh, your speaker. I pray in our ears to hear what you have us to hear. God, I pray that you would uh, just open our eyes to your word today. God, that your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated if you like. Um, I have this uh, problem, I guess. Where I tend to avoid preaching from well-known stories because I assume everyone knows them and they've already heard all the preaching there is to be preached from those stories. But there is a reason why certain stories are more popular than others. Um, they grab our attention. Uh, there's a great truths to be found in them. And so, I don't know, the next couple services maybe we'll talk about one of the more popular stories in the Bible. Um, David and Goliath. Oh, uh, we're going to call this one the Battle in the Valley. Um, the Valley of Elah is where this story takes place. It's named after the trees that are native to that valley. It was and still is an extremely fertile um, valley. It's of historical importance and is actually protected against development um, to this day by the Israeli government. They're not allowed to go build things in there. It's for growing stuff. And um, this is where David fought Goliath. And so we're going to call it you know, the Battle in the Valley. The phrase David and Goliath is still used today to describe an underdog story, someone that shouldn't win a battle or doesn't really have much of a chance. It's kind of, um, it's a well-known story and it's, you know, throughout our culture as well. People that don't go to church know David and Goliath. They know um, that phrase at least. And we could probably spend a few weeks preaching on different parts of it. Maybe we will, but um, today we're going to look at the battle part. And the battle took place in a valley. And we're going to look at how David was able to have victory. But valleys, um, to us, I think are often seen as bad things, spiritually. Uh, everyone talks about the mountaintops, and we want to get to the mountains and People strive for those, but the songwriter said the mountaintops are great, but the valley is where things grow, which is true, because this is uh, where we are. And what are we known for? Well, several things, but growing. Growing is, uh, you know, everyone comes to pick apples and get vegetables and stuff. You guys are, you awake? <laughs> 
Anyways, so the story of, yeah, strawberries, the story of David and Goliath takes place in Samuel 17, and you can read the whole thing after if you like, but if you're not familiar with the story, uh, it's got two nations, Israel and the Philistines. Um, one is on one side of the valley, and one is on the other. Goliath is a giant, a big old ugly feller, I imagine, and he comes down to the valley, um, twice a day and he yells at the army of Israel and he says, send me a warrior to fight if he wins, you win if I win, we win and um, Israel is scared because he's a big freak and they don't have any big freaks on their side and so they've been at a standstill for weeks, 40 days or so and th three of um, David's older brothers are in the army and his father Jesse sends David to bring some bread and cheese because bread and cheese are good and um, he asks them how the battle is going and because you know this is before Facebook and people aren't sharing updates day 39 still looking at the big ugly giant you know nobody's doing that there's no reporters there reporting back and so Jesse sends his boy David to go to the battle and see how his brothers are doing and bring back a report so they can spread it amongst Bethlehem. And so while he's there, David hears Goliath's challenge and he gets upset about it because he's this ungodly Philistine. And he offers to go and fight Goliath. And he tells the king, Saul, that he's killed bears and lions before. And for whatever reason, the king decides that this is a good idea. We'll send in this young lad. He's not old enough to be in the army, but we'll send him in and we'll let him fight the big ugly giant. I don't know why, but he decides that this untrained shepherd boy should face this behemoth of a man. And so David, he tries on Saul's armor and he's uncomfortable because he's never worn it. Armor's designed and fit for individuals and he's not fully grown yet and he's not Saul and so it doesn't fit him right and it's, he's uncomfortable. He's never worn armor and he says, you know, I'll just go with my slingshot. And Saul's like, yeah. Like the whole... Like this, the stakes that are on the line here. If David loses, the, Israel is supposed to be servants to the Philistines. Like I, I, Saul, I don't know. And God's obviously in it, but like if you just think about it, like the challenge is if if Goliath wins, then you have to serve the Philistines. If David wins, then whatever. And he's like, yeah, you can go. No one else wants to. It's wild to me, but we'll move on. And David says, you know what, I've, I've got a slingshot, I know how to use this, I'm going to bring my slingshot. He picks up five stones on the way, and Goliath <laughs> mocks him when he comes. He challenges him, he makes fun of him, like, what are you coming to, you know, leave me with sticks or something, you're not going to be able to do anything. Just a little guy. And uh, David yells something about fighting in the name of the Lord, and he loads up his slingshot and lets her rip. Goliath, he's covered in armor, but his forehead's wide open. And so he hits him in the head and he falls down. And David doesn't even have a sword, so he runs over to Goliath and takes Goliath's own massive sword built for a giant and he cuts off his head. And Israelite cheer, the Israelites cheer, the Philistines run. Israel all of a sudden feels like, oh, we're an army. Maybe we should be an army. And they run after the Philistines and they have victory. And Saul's like, hey, who was that kid anyway that I sent to die? And um, along the way in the story, we find five principles for fighting 
battles um, that we can gather from this spiritual battles. We're going to look at the five principles and how we can apply them in our own lives um, spiritually because, you know, I don't think most of us are facing actual giants. Um, I once had a boss who was 6'10". He was a nice guy, though. I didn't have to beat him up. <laughs> but most of us aren't in our daily lives encountering, you know, giants. So these um, principles are things that we can apply spiritually or in prayer that are going to help us overcome obstacles that we may face and press through because we don't fight those sorts of battles so much anymore. We're not fighting 10-foot warriors in the middle of a valley while both of our armors are waiting to see what happens. Um, we're not dueling to the death with men wearing 125 pounds of chain mail or a spear with a 15-pound spearhead. We're not, we're not doing that. And so the New Testament says, this is the kind of battles that we, um, we're dealing with. It says, for first, um, you can read it, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God and to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything or every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So instead of fighting physical battles, I'm not telling you to go out and kill someone, we're going to fight spiritual battles. That's what we do now. So we can take the principles from the physical battles in the Old Testament and apply them to spiritual. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 33, it says, Saul said to David, and thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant, kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled, defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. So the first thing that David does is he uses past victories and testimonies. The first principle we have from David is this, to use things that God's done for us in our past, testimonies we have, and use those for the, the present. Um, Saul said, you can't fight Goliath. He said, you, you're too young, you're too inexperienced. Goliath is too experienced. David, you're, you're just a young lad. This guy's been fighting wars since he was your age. He's been around. He knows how to fight. He knows what to do. But David pulls from some past victories. And he said, well, I was watching my father's sheep. A bear came and a lion came and I killed them. And I, I saved the, the sheep. And the same God who helped me then is going to help me now. Goliath, he wasn't a bear. Goliath wasn't a lion. Goliath was an entirely different animal, we'll say. And he was a warrior. He was a giant, and he was a hero to the Philistines. And David had never faced anything like this before. And people, they hunt and they kill wild animals all the time. I've got friends that hunt 
bears with crossbows, which seems crazy to me because if you don't get it right, I wouldn't want to mess with a bear, a deer, whatever. They'll maybe run away or something, but I don't know. Bears can kill you. But it's not an unheard of thing. We don't have lions here, but if we did, I'm sure some of you guys would hunt them too. Not think twice about it. Um, but Goliath, he wasn't the same thing as a, a lion or a bear. He was bigger. He had armor. He had experience. But David didn't let this new challenge scare him. Instead, David drew from past and previous um, victories, the lion and the bear. Even though they weren't necessarily the same sort of situation, he said, you know, this isn't the same thing, but my God is the same. Even if this giant is different than anything I've faced before, I know that my God will deliver me just the same. Why? Because the thing I'm fighting may change, but my God does not change. And you may be facing something in your life that you've never faced before. And you may ba be battling against something that you've never seen or felt before. And you may be in the fight for your life. There are things that we, we're fighting and battling with in the school system, with our, with our children. Things that our parents never had to deal with. Things that your parents never had, we never had to deal with growing up. There are things that we have to fight and face that we have never had to before. There are things happening in our homes that we've never had to deal with before. And in times like these, we can draw from what God has done for us in the past. And right now, I don't really know how we're going to get through this. Maybe my family is a mess and maybe I'm hurting or I'm broken, whatever's going on. But I remember when God came through before. I remember when he healed me before. And I remember when he called me before. And I remember when he provided before. And I remember when he delivered me before. And maybe this is something completely different than anything we've ever seen before. But that's okay. The same God who delivered me from the bear, the same God that delivered me from the lion, is the same God who is going to deliver me from this Philistine. The same God who delivered me from sin is the same God who can bind my broken heart. The same God who provided for me when I couldn't is the same God who can heal my body. The same God who delivered me is the same God who can do whatever it is that I need. The Bible talks about those in heaven and says they have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And there is something powerful about remembering what God has done for us in the past. We may be facing something we've never faced before, but that doesn't matter because God is still the same. And there's nothing that he can't, he can't handle. There's something powerful about remembering what God has done. And maybe you're new to this and maybe you don't have the great testimonies that others do. And that's okay. We've got a book here that's full of stuff. You can read through it. This is the big one, but it's got all kinds of stories in there about things that God's done and people he's delivered and things that God, times he's made away and all kinds of things. And there are people in this church you can talk to. And they've got testimonies. They'll tell you some of the things God has done in their lives. But too many times we focus on the problem and the giant Goliath instead of our God. And so the first principle is to remember whatever it is that you're facing today, whatever's going on in your home, whatever's going on in your family, whatever's going on in your head that you're battling with, God has done things for you in the past and he can do it today. Remember what he's done. There's power in your testimony. It encourages us. It lifts us up. It helps us overcome whatever it is that we're facing. He never faced a, a giant before. 
just a bear, just a lion. Just. I'm sure there were other animals, but he just picked the two. I'm sure there were wolves and coyotes or whatever they had that he had killed before, but a bear and a lion were big ones to him. And so he, he focused on what God had done and that gave him the faith and the confidence to go into this battle. And when the rest of the army who knew how to fight, they were scared. The rest of the soldiers who knew how to hold a sword and they knew how to, they had their own armor. They had protect, they knew what, how to fight. They were afraid. But David's, you know what? God's done these things for me in the past. I, I, he can do this. He's with me. So remember what God's done. And then First Samuel 17, 38-39, it said, And Saul armed David with his armor and put a helmet of brass upon his head and armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor and essayed to go, for he had not proved it, or he, he didn't go with it, or he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Verse 39, David girded his sword upon his armor. Oh, I already read that one. Move on. All right. The second thing, my mind's gone. Rereading things. The second thing is just be yourself. Be who God made you to be. Not, don't try to be someone else. David, he was a shepherd boy. You know, I'm glad. He was a shepherd boy. He wasn't the king. He wasn't a soldier. At this time, he wasn't some mighty warrior. And Saul tried to get him to put on his armor, but in the end, David decided not to use it. And too many times, we try to be like someone else. When we pray, we try to pray like, I don't know, someone else. The pastor, I don't know if you try to do that or not, but maybe you hear someone praying, you know, oh, I'm going to pray like that, and we kind of repeat them. And, um, you know, people preach, and they try to sound like their favorite preacher. Um, they like to copy people. Just be who you are. Be who God made you, and God has called you. If he wanted Saul's armor to go into battle, then guess what? God would have used Saul in that armor to go into battle. But he wanted to use David. David won the battle against Goliath because he was a shepherd boy. David won the battle because of who he was. God knew what he was doing and God put him in the place to succeed. It wasn't, if he didn't want him to go in as, as Saul or as a brother or someone else, he wanted him to go in as who he was. How did David kill Goliath or how did he knock Goliath down with a slingshot from a distance? He sniped him with a rock. That's how he got him. Something a shepherd boy knew how to do. David sat in the field all day. He's got nothing to do except watch sheep. He's practicing his slingshot. He's working on it. He, he's he's honed that craft. He knows what to do. The army, they didn't have slingshots. They weren't outfitted with slingshots. They only fought close um, combat. They had swords, spears, javelins, shields, that sort of thing. Those aren't going to work on Goliath because his reach is so big. You're not going to be able to get close to him to, to hit him with a sword and his armor is so big and great. He's, you know, he's huge. He can, you can't get close to him. <clears throat> you think a little shepherd boy, I don't know, maybe he's fast enough. You'd be able to get close enough to take, you know, with a sword to take up the giant. He's got so much armor on him. His forehead was the only thing that wasn't protected because nobody was hitting him in the head. He's huge. <laughs> 
You think it'd be safe up there, 10 feet above the ground? Well, the rest of them are all five foot somethings. <clears throat> if David had gone in with Saul's armor and Saul's weapons, he would have got killed. So instead, he went with who he was. And it's a mistake for us to try to copy other people. God has made all of us unique and different. He's given us different skills and callings, abilities, and ministries. For us to try to fight our battles like someone else would is silly. It's not their battle. It's our battle. And David fighting Goliath became David versus Goliath. Saul wasn't fighting Goliath. It was David's battle now. So for David to fight Goliath like Saul would would have been pointless. If Saul wanted him to fight him, or God wanted Saul to fight Goliath, then Saul would have been fighting Goliath. You know what I'm trying to say? The battle you may be fighting, this battle you may be fighting, this is your battle. God has you where you need to be. You don't need to fight it like someone else would. He's given you the tools. He's given you what you need to get through this. You don't need to act or like someone else or try to copy someone else. God has you where you are, not them. So this thing that you're facing, this is your battle, yours and God's. You need to trust God. He has you here. He's going to bring you through it. It's not so you will lose. He doesn't have you here to get killed. He's got you here to bring you through this. He knows what he's doing. God knows you know, what he's doing in our lives, and he's made us who we are. For better or for worse, this is who I am. You may want someone else. I don't know. You can discuss that amongst yourselves, but this is who I am. And this is who God's got me where I am to, you know, do whatever it is that he wants me to do. God will bring you through it, but you need to just keep trusting him. He's got, he knows who you are. He's not, he knows who you are. He's got you where you need to be. Trust him. He's going to bring you through it. It was because he was a shepherd that David got the victory. Because he knew how to use a slingshot. Because he could do that from the distance. That's what God used to bring the victory. And God can use us in the same way. There are things that we've gone through in our past. The things that make us who we are. They're not an accident. God is in control. He's, he's molding us. He's shaping us to be who it is that he wants us to be. And he's got us where we need to be. There are things that God can use to give us victory and, and to help others. But we have to let him and stop trying to be someone else or stop pretending to be something you're not. Just be who God made you to be and let him use you. And he'll bring you through. So this goes into the next part. But we need to use what we know. Don't get ahead of ourselves. Kind of tags in with the last one. But um, David came at Goliath not with Saul's armor and weapons, but with what he knew. What he had his staff and his slingshot. If your ministry uh, or talent or ability is one thing, God probably isn't expecting you to go, to go into battle with something else. I don't play a guitar. I'm not going to get up here one Sunday, strap one on, and start strumming. Because it would be terrible. You know, God's... i got to learn how to do that before God's going to use me to do that. You know, there are things that I, I can do that maybe you can and things that you can do that maybe I can't. And God's going to use us to, to do those things. But if you have a talent, if you're 
You're a battalion. You're a you know you're a prayer warrior. God's going to use you in that. If God, you know, if you're whatever, God works on us like He did with David. He as a shepherd, He trains and teaches us, and that's so when we go into battle, that's what we we use those things that He's been working on us. Does this make sense? Like this is the thing that you know He's He's been teaching us. Out in the field somewhere. He's been teaching us how to do these things. So when we get to the battle, we can do it. Not so we can try to be somebody else and try to do something else. David eventually, he learns how to use armor and a sword and becomes a great warrior. And God uses him in mighty ways that way. But at this moment in time, he was still a shepherd. And God wasn't expecting him to be some mighty warrior. And God may develop you into other ministries. He will develop you into a warrior in, in your prayer time if you let him. But if you aren't there yet, it's okay too. Just do what it is that you know and what you can do. Let him work through you. Let him develop you and let him lead you. It was through this battle that David transitioned from just a shepherd to being a soldier. And so God led him up and he used what he was. David didn't go into battles with slingshots after this. You know, he became a soldier. He became a warrior. God used him differently, but he used what, what he had and what he knew at that time. I've seen many people get out of a step with God. You know, I want to do this now. I'm, I'm ready to be this or that, and they get ahead of themselves, and it always ends up badly. You know, you know. To say if you're, you know, if you want to be a missionary to a certain country, then uh, you know the language is different. You should start learning it now, before you get there. You know, have some sort of grasp on the language before you go. If you can learn something now, learn it before you get there. There's all kinds of things. That God is teaching us wherever we're at. And um, you know, if he's got something that's going to come up, he knows. He's trying to teach us now so that we can go through whatever it is that we're going to go through. But sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. We rush into the battle with, their, with the wrong things or whatever. And we, it doesn't end well. So instead we need to let him lead and let him use what you know now. And let him develop you in prayer and in studying through his spirit. In Acts, this is a funny story, um, but in the book of Acts chapter 19, there were some guys who got ahead of themselves and they tried to do something they weren't quite qualified for or ready for. You've heard this story. I've mentioned it before, Acts 19. And certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. These guys were like, we're gonna cast we we're gonna cast some devils out in the name of Jesus. So all you people that are possessed, you come. We're gonna cast some spirits out of you, because we we've watched these other guys do it, and we're gonna do it because this whatever. And there are seven sons. One of um, of one Skiba, <laughs> well, a Jew and, and chief of the priests, which did so. There were seven guys, all brothers, and they were gonna do this. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who? Are you? And verse 16, and the, the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So there was these guys that were like, We're gonna cast devils out. We see Paul do it. We're just gonna repeat what Paul says, and we're gonna we're gonna cast some devils out. Let's do this. Um, or, you know, yeah. Our, my, our dad's a priest, you know, we can do this. We've got well, let's go. And they say, we're going to, I adjure you by this Jesus who Paul preaches about, come out of them. And the spirits are like, okay, Paul, I know Jesus, I know, who are you? 
I don't know who you are. And so <laughs> this guy, one guy was evil spirits, attacks seven brothers, beats them up, takes their clothes, <laughs> and they run out of there embarrassed and ashamed. So, so they got ahead of themselves. So we got to, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves. If God's not calling you to do something, don't do it. Because, you know, I want to be like this. I want to be like Paul. And Paul's doing this. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to copy him and it's going to work great. It doesn't work great. There are times, I don't want to see anyone in this situation. But there are, you know, we can get ahead of ourselves. And we can just, you know, God, I'm going to just copy whatever someone else did. I'm going to preach the same message that somebody else preached. And it always flops because that's not mine. Right? So, anyways, don't get ahead of yourselves. God's got you where you are. Let him use you. Don't try to be someone else. You know, eventually, if he wants you to do something, he's going to teach you and show you how. And so don't do, don't be like these guys. We don't need to see any of that. Verse 40 of 1 Samuel 17 says, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones uh, out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Philistine. So we need to be prepared to go the distance, like my boy Hercules. A lot of times we say that we're going to fight, and we get tired and stop. We're gonna, I'm going to pray until this thing breaks, and it's been five minutes, and I need a snack. And we're, we don't... You know, we aren't really prepared to go as long as we should. We'll pray for a few minutes and get distracted and call it a day. Oh, you know, I wonder what, what's going on, on Facebook. Three hours later, you forget what you were praying about. And then we'll wonder why things aren't changed. David went to face Goliath with a staff and a slingshot. And on the way, he picked up five stones. Smooth? It's going to blow your mind. Why they were smooth? They were in a brook, and water smoothed them. <laughs> also, I would imagine, if you ever skipped rocks, the smooth ones go better. I imagine it's the same in the air. And so they fly easier. So there's a lot of theories about the five stones. There are five giants that eventually get killed. Some say it represents the five-fold ministry. Find this or that. And if I can be totally honest with you, I believe, take this as you will, but I believe that David took five stones in case he missed. Because you imagine, all right, giant, let's go. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, you can spiritualize it if you want, but I imagine David took five stones in case he missed. You don't go hunting with one bullet. Right? I, I hope. If you take me, you don't. It's going to take a few tries. You know, you take what you need to get the job done. You're going to go hunting with a bullet. Get it all lined up. Ah, better come back tomorrow. Like, you don't do that. So you take what you need to get the job done. And I think David was ready to stand there and keep firing rocks until he, was, until he hit Goliath, um, until it was over. He only needed one, though, but he was ready to fight until it was over. And if we want to see victory in our lives, we have to have the same sort of 
determination that I'm not I'm gonna keep fighting until they get through this. That's the only way through a battle is to keep going until it's over. I'm prepared to fight as long as it takes. I've told you before about the story of when I was a younger lad being foolish, and my mom said, I'm gonna pray and fast until something happens. Thankfully, um, I turned around before she starved to death. But she, she was like, oh God, I'm going to do this until something happens. I'm desperate for something to happen. And that's the kind of determination we need to see victory. A determination like Jacob, who when he wrestled an angel, said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. And we need um, spiritual stamina to endure the fight. If I'm going to fight until I get the victory, I... You know, I, I, need to, I need to be ready to go the distance. I need to be prepared to go, you know, pray as long as it's going to take. I'm prepared to fight as long as I have to. It may only take a short while, but it may be all night long, like Jacob wrestling with an angel. It may take a while. We don't know. Sometimes you go to pray, and just seconds, you're right in there, and it's, wow, everything's, this is all, this is great. And other times it's like, I can't even pick, focus. Sometimes it's more difficult, you know. It may only take a while, but it may take longer. A short while it may take longer. If we enter our battles with that determination, that's how you see victory. You don't just, oh, then run away, and then come back next week and do it again. You wonder why we don't, because we're not determined to see it through. We're not determined to pray. You remember we used to say things like, we just need to pray through. We would pray until something happened, and we would push until something broke. And now, well, there's supper, or there's lunch, or I don't like his preaching, or something. I don't know what the excuses are. I can't read mine. But we used to push. We used to pray until something happened. We used to have a determination. That's how you see victory in a battle. That's how you see breakthrough determination that I'm going to pray until this breaks. I'm going to pray until I'm no longer addicted. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray until I feel a release in the Spirit. I'm going to pray until I receive the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray until this person does. I'm going to pray until they're healed. I'm going to pray until something changes. There's got to be a determination. If we're going to get through any battles, you can't just go slap the giant and run home. you got to fight. You've got to be ready to push as long as it takes. Some, so many things are just beyond our grasp. When we quit early, we never see it. Oftentimes we quit before we get where we need to go. We're not prepared to go the distance. We bring our one rock and all we miss and that's it. We call it a day and we'll come back next week maybe and we'll try again. I don't know. We need a determination. We used to have, we used to say we're going to pray through, but I don't know. Victory is always on the other side. If we are determined that we're going to go through this, we're going to battle through this. I mean, if we don't do that, if we don't have the determination, then it's just not going to happen. Israel was not determined to fight Goliath. They stood there for 40 days while he insulted them twice a day. 80 times he went up there and ran his mouth about how tough he was and how weak they were. And they sat there and took it. And one little shepherd boy said, you know what, I'm done with this. One time's enough, I'm going to kill this guy. And he had a determination and God brought victory through that. Not to everybody else.
Anyways, moving on. Verse 43. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. He's just talking trash. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to feed you to the animals. You're so dead. Whatever. And David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the um, the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So Dick, Goliath gets up there, and he runs his mouth, and David also does. But he comes to him in the name of the Lord. This is the most important one. He said, you come to me with a sword, you come to me with a spear, you come to me with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. We can talk all day long about battles and people overcoming all kinds of things, but the, the only way we're ever going to overcome anything is through Jesus, through the name of Jesus. We can fight battles all we want. You know, you got stuff going on in your home, you can fight all you want, you can argue all you want. You can try to reason with people all you want, but nothing's going to really change until we get, you know, we start praying in the name of Jesus. It's through the name of the Lord that we see victory. We can battle all we want. We can fight the enemy as long as we want to, but unless we're fighting on God's side, unless we're fighting in His name, we won't have the victory. Swords and spears and shields, they aren't a bad thing, but our trust and hope can't be in those things. Our trust and hope must be in Lord God, if we're going to fight and we're going to battle and prayer, it needs to be done in the name of Jesus. Colossians 3 and 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And John 14 and 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If we're going to have any success spiritually, we need the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power to save. There is power to heal. There is power to deliver and redeem and restore and protect and provide. All power, the Bible says, in heaven and earth is in that name. Whatever it is that you are fighting, whatever battles you find yourself in, if we call on the name of Jesus, he can step in and he can deliver and he can strengthen and he can provide and he can open a door. He can protect whatever it is that we need. It's available if we call on his name. You come to me with a, a sword and a spear and a shield. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. There is nothing that can defeat the matchless name of Jesus. David had no fear of what Goliath could do to him because he had God on his side and he had the name of the Lord. When we have Jesus with us, we are, when we are operating in his name, we cannot lose. We can have music. 
<clears throat> and when we have Jesus with us, there is nothing that we can't face. They can, the enemy can threaten all he wants. He can, you know, use whatever weapons he wants against us. But if we have God on our side, we call on His name. Victory is ours. If you need salvation, you can call on His name. If you need healing, you can call on His name. If you need deliverance. Call on the name of Jesus. If you need peace in your home or peace in, in your mind, peace in your life, you can call on his name. If you need joy, it's in the name of Jesus. If you're in trouble, you can call on his name. If you're down and out, you can speak his name today. I called on the Lord and he heard me, David said. And so if you are in the valley uh, of the battle, if you're in a, the battle that's in the valley this morning, if you're going through it, if you or in a fight for your life, or for your family, or whatever the situation is, we need to call on the name of Jesus. If we want to see God move like he has in the past, we need to call on that name. We want to see him do you know, mighty works in our, in our lives, in this church, in this community. We need to call on his name. We need to pray in that name. We need to fight spiritually in that name. We need to baptize in that name. We need to do everything in his name because that's where the power is. It's not in my ability. It's not in my sling. It's not in my sword. It's not in my armor. It's in the name of Jesus. It's the only way that we're going to be able to do anything that means anything. It's through Jesus. David also said, verse 47, and the assembly shall know the Lord say with now the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. He will give it I give you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. I know I said that he gives you a battle, but when you call on his name, you surrender that to him and you let him take care of that. A lot of our problem is we don't realize whose battle it is. And we're trying to fight it alone. We think it's about me and oh, they're attacking me and oh, no, this is, why is everything happening to me? And me, 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 me. It's all about me. The battle is not mine. It's God's. Goliath was hurling insults at David and not once did David say, oh, that's not very nice. How dare you attack me? He said, you've come against God. You've come against the armies of God. You've defied God. Not me. I don't care what you say about me. This is God's battle. This is what we're facing. This is God's battle. This is a spiritual, the spiritual battle that you are fighting is not yours alone. It is the Lord's. And guess what? He never loses. He's never lost a battle. When we try to fight it on our own, that's, we, we can lose. When we do it on our own and we, you know, we try to break these things on our own. It always, you know, doesn't end very well. You know, my mom, she prayed and fasted that I would turn around. But I wasn't before she argued with me. <laughs> she tried to do the battle on her own for a bit. We got all kinds of arguments and fights. But it was hard to believe. If you know my mother, we had all kinds of battles. She tried to do it on her own for a bit, I think. <laughs> Didn't work until she decided that we're going to pray, we're going to fast. And that's when things change. You know, we can argue all we want with our backslidden loved ones. Nothing's going to 
We're not going to convince them. We're going to leave it to God. We can battle all we want with our kids and fight and argue and try to reason with them. So we turn it over to God and say, God, this is your battle. That's when things change. It's God's battle anyway. I'm sure David was pretty accurate with the slingshot. But as far as I know, most slingshots don't knock down giants. Generally. I mean, I've gotten hit in the head with a rock a few times. And I'm still alive. I mean, I'd be all there, but I'm still alive. In a, a warrior giant, I mean, he could probably take a hit, I would imagine. And in my, my imagination, God helps him out a little bit here. David did what he could, and he let God take care of the rest. Because in David's eyes, it was God's battle. And so we need to do the same. We need to do what we can. We can pray. We can reach. We can love. We can stay faithful. We can fast. We can do the things that we can. We do those things and let God take care of the rest. Let God step in. Let him use whatever it is that we have. Let God empower whatever it is that we have. Let God use our prayers to break down walls, to, to open doors. Let God use our prayers and believe that he can. Let God empower whatever it is that we, we give him, whatever we use. It's his, his battle. It's his name. That's where the power is. Victory is in Jesus today. One more verse and I'm just about done. Preach long today. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is in Jesus. And we fight in that name. We pray in that name. We reach in the name. And we love in that name. We work in that name. We minister in that name. He's going to use it. Maybe you can sing and that's good. But when you sing in that name, God works. Maybe I can get up here and I can give a speech and it might sound good. But if I come in the name of Jesus, things are different. Maybe you're good at being friendly, but when you love in the name of Jesus, it's where God works. He takes what it is that we have and we use. We use and we do what we can, and God uses that. And we do it in his name. And so this morning, whatever battle you're in, we're going to call on that name above every other name. We're going to surrender the battle to him. We're going to pray, and he's going to use that prayer. We're going to throw our rock. We're going to sling our sling. We're going to do what it is that we can, and we're going to trust him, God. This is your battle. I need you to work. God, I'm not fighting against my husband. God, I'm not fighting against my kids. I'm not fighting against this or that. I'm letting you work through me. I want to see you work through me. If you need victory today, it's in the name of Jesus. If you need forgiveness, it's in the name of Jesus. If you need a healing, it's in the name of Jesus. If you need peace, whatever you need is in his name today. And so my wife's going to play and sing, and we're going to call on that name.
I challenge you to be prepared to pray as long as it takes. Maybe be prepared to push a little bit. Maybe bring more than one stone. Maybe pray again if it doesn't, you don't feel like you've been released or it hasn't changed. Maybe push a little bit. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to sound like me or your neighbor or whatever. Let's just be who God made us and let's let him work through us. Pray like you pray. Fight like you fight. Let Jesus meet you where you are. Let him teach you. Let him lead you. Let's pray together. Whatever you're facing today, he can work through it. If we call on his name, hallelujah. Jesus, God, use us today. Hallelujah. Let's pray. The altar's open. If you want to come, we'll pray with you. If you want to pray in your seat, you can. Let's pray in his name. Whatever battle you're facing, God can work. God can move. God can bring victory. In Jesus' name today, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.